That's me on the podcast Sharing a song With something to say about it With Thin Lear And Niagara Moon Losing my opinion Okay, so listeners of Losing My Opinion podcast, specifically the ladies, Thomas is no longer a bachelor. Taken. Sorry. Off the market. Yeah. How does it feel? How do you feel so far? Feels pretty good. Feels pretty good. It was a great, perfect day. We, we literally got a double rainbow as, uh, as we were doing the procession. I'm, I'm not kidding. <laughs> That's beautiful. We were out in the field. Yeah, the whole thing. That's a beautiful thing. Well, I'm I'm very happy for you. And we each had we had big we had big events these last couple of weeks yeah. because you got married and I got uh-huh. uh COVID. So not not even just you, but your whole family. Whole family. <laughs> one by one. One by one, we just all fell like bowling pins. So I think this is the most normal my voice has sounded in a couple of weeks. Uh if we did I was starting to sound like uh like Leonard Cohen on his later albums. Where like you know, if there's a, I want it darker. Right, right, right. Yeah, like it could like rumble a glass of water in front of me. Oh boy, it was just it was very very deep. You know, I haven't gotten sick in a very long time. Knock on wood. But whenever I get uh, like a really sore throat, I love to start talking like Tom Waits. That's mm. my favorite. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's very sensual. Uh, well, we have. Yeah. It's, it's been a about a month since we recorded something. I mean, the last one we put out was, uh, I believe we were talking about Nico Moon. Yeah, which I we think, were dumping our old stuff. Yeah, and I think we disturbed a lot of listeners with that. And before that, I had Kiss. So I've really just been bringing in nothing but bullshit for a little while now because I felt like I was getting too serious. And you know what? I'm going to bring in something I love again today and be that Love to hear it. Guy. Um by the way, you're listening to the podcast Losing My Opinion. Mm-hmm. I am Niagara Moon, a.k.a. Thomas Irwin. I am Thin Lear, a.k.a. Matt Longo, a.k.a. Daddy. If we're still doing that thing. Oh, we're yeah. Let's bring Daddy bring back. Daddy back, yeah. I felt the same bring way, I feel. Daddy back. Um, you know, this show uh, gets a little loosey-goosey sometimes, but there is a common theme throughout every episode. Sometimes. We do not know what the other person is presenting today. We do not mm-hmm. know what to expect, um, other than we're going to listen to some music. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, today, I don't, I'm not sure if you're familiar with this band. I'm going to mm-hmm. guess that you are. Vaguely. Well, I do, I do know everything, so oh, right, that. right. Yes. You do know. I should have. I'm sorry. I should have uh, remembered that. Uh, Thank you. We're going back, we're going back to, the, to the 90s today. Uh, I'm going to want to talk about what I think is the best, if not one of the best, if not the best, alt-rock albums of the 90s. Uh, I would argue that, at the very least, it's the most underrated alt-rock album of that era. Uh, so it's not like it's it's not like it isn't appreciated at all. That's not true. But it's just not mentioned in the same breath as records by, you know, Nirvana, Smashing Pumpkins, Soundgarden. I don't quite know if it's grunge. It's it's kind of hard to classify. And and I think maybe for that reason, it, it, it doesn't have the same stature as those other records because we kind of like our 90s albums like really easy to categorize into movements, you know? Mm-hmm. So today we're talking about 
The Breeders' Last Splash. Do you know that record? I believe in my lifetime I have heard of the band name The Breeders, but I do not know anything about what oh you're talking about. Oh, my God. Oh, my. Let's just stop the podcast right now. You got a big grin ear to this ear This is here. like... But, I mean, can you remember a time where, I mean, some, you know, you, you have a wealth of music that I have not heard, mm-hmm. but I don't think I've ever brought something in, you know, maybe Karen Dalton actually was that, the last yeah, time. Yeah, you got a big points for that one, yeah. I brought something in, um, but that was like a more serious set of music. I mean, this is just fun, uh, and I really do think that you will like it. Uh, well, cool. now I actually feel kind of nervous. Because this oh is—I'm not used to being in this position of uh, you not knowing something I've brought in, which is ostensibly the whole point of this podcast that we never actually achieve. But uh, well, we might just get there today. Wow! Yeah, I have, I have no idea what to expect. Amazing. Well, we're we're new men, you know. You're married. I got mm-hmm. through COVID, and now I get to present you with new '90s music. So this is a big is a big month. So to give you some background. Uh, Breeders started as the side project of Pixies bassist Kim Deal. Okay, yep. Yeah, I think yeah. I remember that now. Yeah, gigantic. Yes, yep. and that's her. That's her voice. Mm-hmm. So for like six years from the late 80s to the early 90s, like she was on a roll. So she was on all those classic Pixies albums, or really every, in my opinion, every classic Pixies album. Yep. Uh, it's very clear that that band is not the same without her. Uh, and then she just went straight into her strongest work with the Breeders, which she started with her sister, Kelly. I was a mm. twin, uh, which made for a very cool visual for me as a kid in the 90s. Uh, and Josephine Wig- Wiggs on bass and, and Jim McPherson on drums in the, during this era. Uh, they came out mm. with an album before this one. This is their second record, Last Splash. Uh, the first album is called Pod, which is great. Uh, but this one is, for me, just very clearly their apex. All right. Uh, Kim Deal, do you know, like, have you seen her before? How much do you know about her? You know her, her singing on the Pixies, it sounds like. Yep. Yeah, I like the Pixies. Um, I know that she was the bassist. Uh, I, I heard an interview with her and Mark Marin for WTF. Mm. Um, I know she had a pretty gnarly uh, kind of dark period of substance abuse for a while, but yes. she sounded pretty... Uh, vital on that episode seems like she's doing well and obviously has a big catalog of you know punk and alt rock and yeah definitely like a 90s titan yes 90s titan is that's a, that's a it's great uh that's a great term she's a real hero you know like the, the that yeah. band the dandy warhols they have this song called coolest okay. kim deal uh yeah and they're damn right like yeah, she, her speaking voice on those records like in the skits and whatever she's she's very cool yeah. it's it's so good it's just a song about Tony. It's called Tony's theme, right? That's her. Right. Yeah. Yes. Uh, she's like, it, she's very irreverent. Uh, even when she's singing like a very catchy melody, there's always something that sounds like kind of dashed off, which yeah. is just a rare talent that she has. Uh, but she's a pop mastermind, you know? And I, and I, if someone said it to her, she'd probably like, you know, do a spit take, but like, <laughs> it's really true. She's a pop mastermind, and you'll hear it on this record and some of the songs that I'll play for you, which are just like undeniably um, catchy, groovy, uh, memorable. But she's always edgy. Like there's always there's always some edge to these tunes. 
edgy enough to like somewhat eschew like the mainstream and be vaguely unclassifiable. So yeah, something always a little askew. Yeah, kind of, it, but that's the punk thing. Right? What we were missing on those Kiss songs to go back to that yes. podcast of like what we what desperately needed. We needed something something edgy. Uh, now I'm not trying to sound like a cool dude because you know I. Uh, don't or can't. Because we know you already are. You don't we have know to I try. already, exactly. Thank you. Uh, but I actually liked this album when it was out. Uh, so I was a child, a wee lad, and my dad- 90s kid. 90s kid. My dad used to play this station, WFUV, which is a college radio station in the New York area that really at that point was like super indie leaning. I think they still are. Uh, like really big into like indie power pop at the time. And mm. they played this song called Cannonball, which is the first single from the record. Uh, and my dad bought the record, played it around the house. And it's an album I associate with like summertime. It came out in August. So that kind of makes sense. Probably the first alternative album I really loved. Um, and there's something that's like, just like vaguely cartoonish about these songs because the, the lyrics are just very out there. Uh, if there was like a, like a, a children's grunge album. Mm. Like this is, vaguely approximates that because there's just like really fun, uh, spacey lyrics, uh, groovy tunes. So I have a memory of, li- of making a sandcastle while listening to Aww. these songs. So that's like, I think a perfect way to lead into this now. Uh, for anyone who's heard this record, you all know where we're going to start. Cannonball, the obvious first single, it's just like a pop smart bomb. It's just like impossible to deny. If we're calling it grunge, it's one of the best grunge songs. If we're calling it proto indie rock, it's one of the best indie rock songs. This like set the template for me. This set the template for the late 90s and 2000s indie scene way more than Nirvana. This is a hell of a lot closer to the strokes and the yeah, yeah, yeahs than Kurt Cobain was. So let's just listen now. I'll stop talking about it. And I want to get your... Your actual yeah. genuine take, which is something I never get on this. I podcast. like this cover with the. It's like, is it a strawberry? Is it a heart? Is there watermelon going on? I like <laughs> it all. Heart. Yeah, hit play. Check, check, check. Yeah. Lighter and more playful than I was expecting. Oh, here we go. Yeah, 
Yes, rocks. That bass riff. And it's so in the pocket with the drums. The drums is doing something pretty interesting. Stuff's dropping in and out. That is a single. It's good stuff. That's a single. Uh, That's tight. Such a good bass riff. Such a nice crunch to the guitar. Really one of the most like memorable openings to a an alt-rock single, for my money. Like every instrument and every passing... Caught me off guard. Yeah, yeah. I did not see where it was going. Right, yeah. you, you don't know where it's going. And every sort of passing sound feels essential. Like there's, there's not a lot of fat to this song. It's like fun, it's urgent. And, you know, as usual with her tunes, she's the strongest element in there. Like you get, you know, like like Gigantic or Here Comes Your Man. Like the, the for me, the best element of any Pixies tune is her. And you get that... Yeah. Here she's you get got all great of it. hooks. Yeah, she's got the hooks, um, and I want to talk about the lyrics. Like, and this is coming from a diehard lyrics guy. I feel like my love of good lyrics is like overblown on this podcast. Uh, <laughs> You're all about the words. You don't even care if they're <laughs> right. singing two notes or not. You Cohen fan. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I sound like a prick sometimes, but uh, oh, I ag- acknowledge that you can still have a great song with bad or nothing lyrics. But it does not work the other way around. Like you, you can have the best lines ever written, and if it's an average melody, it's it's, uh, it's not going to work. Yeah, yeah, yep. Uh, lyrics always takes a backseat in importance to musical content. I would argue. Exactly. Sounds like you'd agree. Yes, and and I think most of the lyrics on this record are fairly nonsensical and just like word salad. Uh, but it works with the music, and I sing along to it anyway. So uh, you know who I think it sounds like took a lot of inspiration from this album is. Uh, Beck, I was hearing a lot of that Ooh. sound in here. Oh yeah, some some Odelay style feedback, and you're talking about the the surreal nonsense lyrics, and mm-hmm. yeah, I bet he was definitely uh, inspired by the Breeders. Yeah, and this is just like it's just really fun. Uh, and one of the great things about this album is that it's pretty diverse. Like they're a versatile band, uh, and I want to play a tune for you now that is very different. So I'm going to take you to a sludgier place. You know, there, uh, another thing I thought about with that first tune, I don't know if you've ever seen the movie, but I'm a cheerleader with Natasha Leone. I have not, no. Uh, it came out in like 2000, basically, somewhere around then. And the uh, the soundtrack is full of tunes like the one you just played, I think. It's got this, uh, I don't want to say cheap, but definitely, you know, indie uh just fun, carefree, like pop punk thing. I don't. Well, would you even call it pop punk? Power pop, whatever. All these it, it, words. I, mean, I kept coming back to that term, power pop, because I because I didn't want to like. I feel like calling this album grunge is like almost a disservice. Like, yeah, it's it's that's too restrictive. Yeah, not, which is not to say that I don't like. There are an Alice in Chains and Soundgarden albums I really love, and you know, you you couldn't help but call it grunge. But um, this is just not that. I feel like it goes in more directions. Yeah. Well, I'm ready for this uh, next tune, Do You Love Me Now? If I saw you now Could I look in your eyes Do you think I Oh, I like this one. Like I dream of you. 
love this here. Stumbling on its feet in a cool way. Staggering. I mean, it's just lovely. It's just lovely power pop. Uh, and there's something like vaguely threatening about that song, and, and with that only she can do because like it's such a, um, it's such an airy voice, uh, and yet, you know, I, I don't quite know what she, always what she's talking about on these songs. This song I do. Uh, and it was it was used to great effect in this really weird horror movie called May uh, that they actually contributed a bunch of songs to, which I think is worth watching if you like um, odd horror movies. But this, May? well, I mean that is up my alley for sure. M A Y. Yes, yeah. Uh, it's about Alrighty. a girl who puts together like a Frankenstein's a boyfriend together, and it's like a little kitschy and mm. uh, yeah, okay. But also like genuinely, <laughs> genuinely unnerving. I, I, terrifying yeah yeah uh and this song is perfect for that movie this track is just like a simmering build to a crescendo uh if the listeners if you you were digging what you heard like listen to that song through the ending because there's a vocal arrangement uh at the end of the song that i think about probably as much as i think about like bowie's vocal arrangement on lou reed's satellite of love like a vocal <laughs> exactly exactly like it's a song unto itself like you i, th- I think like with satellite of love i think about that right. as its own song uh, and i feel sort of similarly about the end of uh this tune but this this song i feel like other bands could have done cannonball even as amazing as it is this song right. i feel like is is really like uniquely this, hers yeah this is a kim deal song all the way there really is a feeling of like she's smiling and it's cool, but also like if it just fucking went off the rails and she turned into a monster, like that wouldn't feel like a surprise. Like it's it's always like it go it could go either way. Isn't that what makes like isn't that what makes really really lasting pop music, especially pop music that's it's dynamic? Fun. It's like dynamic and also like there's this vaguely dark. There's a darkly compelling element to it even the most fun songs like there's something heavy going on there's something simmering just below the surface and that's what i think makes this whole album work and kim deal's whole style work well uh the last tune i'm going to play is entirely different you might like it the least or the best all right driving on nine yep here we go it's very different and it, it sort of shows the breadth of styles on this record I, I feel like there's something for everybody driving on nine you could be a shadow beneath the street light behind my home driving on nine I oh. Fiddle going here, do we? The fiddle. This is it's a sweet country tune. Yes. So this is where I want to go back to Beck. Like, uh, you know, he's the man of many styles, and he can 
do a, like a convincing country folk number if he wants, like next to a grunge tune. This is a song that I will just kind of sing sometimes randomly because uh, it's so catchy. Uh, I don't know why. I, I feel like all these, there, there are probably six songs that could be singles on that record. Um, I don't quite know why it doesn't have the, the album doesn't have this, like the staying power of some of those other 90s alt rock records i mean i come you talk about beck like i come back to this album more than i come back to odalay mm. um maybe because those songs have been a bit played out for me more but i just feel like this is more interesting it's it's a little darker even when it's poppier um her sense of melody is just like it's really unique and she's a straight up pop tunesmith and i'm sure she would hate that title but she's like an alt She's like an alt Harry Nielsen where her voice and her sense of melody can make an average song great Ooh, and an above average. That's an interesting average, comparison. Yeah, yeah. She makes an average song great and an above average song a classic. And I think she did that with the Pixies. I think Frank Black uh, was insane for not <laughs> struggling to hold on to her. And I think the Pixies output after she left makes it very evident that she was like the secret ingredient She's in that band. I have. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, as far as the rest of the, the Breeders output goes, like this is very obviously their strongest record. As I said, Pod, their first album is very good. Two other albums, um, I have three other ones, but Title TK and Mountain Battles are really good records and worth checking out. But this is like the definitive statement. Um, and I, I listen to this as much as I listen to OK Computer or Siamese Dream or Loveless. Um, and we'll end by saying Kurt Cobain said that he wanted to be a member of this band. So he knew what was up. Didn't he also want to jo join uh, Shonen Naifu, or he was just like a hardcore fan of them? I think he just maybe wanted to be in any band that wasn't Nirvana. <laughs> yeah, he had he had an, he had interesting taste. That guy, um, he did. I love Daniel Johnston too, but I don't think I mean Daniel Johnston <laughs> didn't have a band so much as um, a basement. Boy, when are we going to do a Daniel Johnston episode? That's a good point. So, Somebody, maybe I'm, the documentary was enough. <laughs> I figure one of us would have brought it in by now. Um, cool stuff, bro. Um, I can definitely get behind the breeders. I mean, I do enjoy, you know, a little Doolittle here, a little uh, Surferosa there. I don't mm -hmm. see why I can't uh, move on to to something a little more Kim Deal driven. Yeah, I, and I think that record, I mean, Pixies fans would kill me, but like, I think that record is stronger than any Pixies record, and I love uh, oh boy. three Pixies albums. You lost me. <laughs> <laughs> you got to listen all the way through to it, though. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, how am I going to know at this point? But you're 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 going to come up against Doolittle over there. I don't know. I don't know about that. Well, and it, and it goes back to what I was saying before. Like her, she's my favorite part of any Pixies album. So when you take that and you magnify it across, you know, however many songs in a full record, it's like right, I right. get I get what I'm looking you for. You get more of what you want. Yeah, exactly. That makes sense. Yeah. Wow. Well, shoot. Wow. Is it already my segment now? It is. <laughs> Holy moly. Are you ready? Um, Are you warmed up enough? I, th I think we can do it here. You know, it's okay. the listener wouldn't necessarily know, but it's been a very long time uh, that since we've last done this. Mm. 
Um, and I've just had these, these songs that I'm going to show you today. I've just had them on my brain forever. You know, they've been marinating and stewing and gross. Maybe the, the original reason I thought that I would show them like that's evolved. And, you know, I've had too much time to think on it, but I think what I've come to is we had recently been talking off mic about uh, guilty pleasures and you're trying to, uh, find out about music that I listen to, but that may or may not mean that I, I share it with others or maybe it's my own kind of private experience or yes. I like it for strange reasons or whatever. I wanted Thomas vulnerable. I yeah. wanted him o- open open to the world. Yeah. So we'll see if we get any of that today. Um, uh, how, to, how to explain. So my new wife, Hui Min, she is a huge fan of music and she's a singer. She sings on uh, many of my songs. Hmm. She's a great appreciator of music. When she likes a song, say uh, an artist that she likes comes out with a new single or you know a new album and she likes a particular song from that album, what she likes to do is play the same song over and over and over or like play it a couple times a day, like many days in a row. That's like and me. That's how, yeah. yeah, I am totally the opposite usually. Um, you listen to a song I, you like once and then never again. Well, not never again, but it's like I need... just the reason I I am familiar with so much music is like I'll hear something once and I'm like, great, I really like that and I don't want to hear it again for months because my brain has taken it in, digested it, and now I need space from it. Mm -hmm. But the music I'm showing you today, uh, Mr. Thin Lear, these are songs where I could, if I wanted to, just listen to them all the time, over and over, every day if I wanted to. There's something about them. Okay. Um, So... You know, it's been a hard month for you. It has. You've, uh, as we went into, you've suffered COVID, as has your family. Um, I feel like the, the past couple episodes we did uh, before our little little break, um, I was going a little bit aggro, maybe. You know, I was mm-hmm. kind of coming at you. Sure. Felt like I was, yeah. you know, I had a point to make. Yeah, um, no, I feel attacked. <laughs> I feel attacked even I, now. I want to make today more about fun. Okay. That's That's my theme for today. We're talking about songs that... Are they guilty pleasures? Are they not? That's going to be up to you in a little game that I think I'll call guilty Guilty. or not guilty. Oh, wow. So I'm like a judge. You're going to be the judge, jury, and executioner for uh, the segment today. We got this interactive component going on. Um, I don't really know what guilty pleasure means. I don't know why you would feel guilty for listening to music. Mm -hmm. Um, My best it's I've always pretended to really understand what people are talking about when they say that, but my best guess is like you enjoy an artist that their like reputation as a person or as like a public figure is kind of embarrassing. Mm. I think that's or, that could be part for of whatever it. reason. Yeah, that could be part of it. Yeah. And and so you enjoy the music, but uh, you know, you don't want to go around telling everybody, Hey, I listen to such and such artist. Bread. Yeah. Bread. Oh, <laughs> I gotta sit with that one for a second. Although, um, Bread has this, what's one other, oh, Everything I Own, that's a tight song. <laughs> I think Boy George uh, does a cover of that, speaking of guilty pleasures. But uh, Or sort of how like you like Michael McDonald. That, I uh, No guilt with that. Uh, th- that's Shocker. for you to work on. That That's your, we need to just, that that's your issue to work out for yourself. Michael McDonald's great. No, this is like... Um, See, the problem that we're going to run into if we had this guilty pleasure discussion is I, you know, the, hey, we, if you listen to the podcast enough by now, you know I'm a snob. 
mm-hmm. you know, that I like to be, you know, sitting in my exclusive club. I enjoy music that kind of nobody else really knows a lot of the time. Um, you know, I love to admire obscure artists and I kind of have them all to myself. So I thought that would be kind of the problem we run into is, you, you know, you're not really going to get to come at me for for like an, I don't know, NSYNC, no disrespect to NSYNC, but like, you know what I mean? Right. I, I generally, my, my favorite stuff is going to be kind of obscure anyway. But as I said, today is guilty or not guilty. Okay. You're going to get to be the judge. I'm going to show you a song. Perfect. And I can t- and I'll t- be able to tell you, because I'm, I'm very oh, good yeah. at this. I'll be able to tell you why you should feel guilty for enjoying yeah. it. So, or, or maybe you'll love it too. Who knows? But Ooh, we'll really, the songs I'm showing you. Yes. We, we may become partners in crime. You may become an accessory after the fact. But uh, the songs I'm showing you today, I'm not going to sit, you know, with the, a couple episodes ago, I, I showed you the good shit, the real shit. Right. I mean, I stand by that. I'm not saying that these songs are better uh, than like any other artists that we've talked about. It would be ridiculous to try to make an argument that these songs or these artists I'm showing today are like better than the Beatles or Radiohead or insert whatever sure. legacy band you want to you wanna mention. But I do enjoy these songs more personally mm. than any of those artists. This wow. is like the okay. most I can enjoy songs are the songs I'm showing you today. Wow. Okay. They are not the only songs I enjoy this much, uh, but it's a finite number. A I'll few. just say that. Okay. And I was yeah. instructed to not even look at these. So, uh, yeah. yeah, real uh, classified documents today. Don't take them home with you after right. you uh, quit your job, right. so to speak. Right. right, yeah. So we are going to first listen to a song by the band Slap Happy. Does that ring a bell? That does not ring a bell for <laughs> me, no. Did not think it would. Slap Happy didn't ring a bell. Um, slap Happy, that slap was two Ps. Oh, okay, because that was going to be my first question. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> How are we spelling slap happy here? Right. Um, they are a trio. One of the members is a German woman. Uh, another is a British man. And another is an American who moved to England when, they're, when they were 14 or whatever. Okay. Uh, so they're essentially British-German avant-pop group from the early 70s. Although um, after their like initial little run, they they went on to do things together here and there, you know, over the years as they got older. Um, now, is this like a is this a well known tune? No. Like, am I weird for not knowing? No, this? no, I I think you're weirder if you do know this. I, it's possible that a listener out there is going to recognize this band or recognize the song I'm about to share, but. Honestly, the only reason I know about them is because the guitarist I used to play with in Japan loves music more obscure than I do. Like he's, you think I'm, I get freaky with it. He's, he's on a whole nother level. And I, they also do have more of a following in Japan than in the States, Hmm. um, as you tend to see. So I just know about it from him. But this song, Matt Longo, this is like, I'm not going to, I don't care if you or anybody else hears this and is like, I don't get it or I don't. You know, I'm not vibing with it. I could care less because I just enjoy it so much. It's just for me. I Songwriting can't get better than this for me. Okay. This is like as good as it gets. Okay, so then what is so guilty about well, this? Is, I feel like you know something that is maybe a problem <laughs> and you're not saying it. Uh, no, you, I wouldn't go that s- far. That, that, that might be more the case on the next tune I should. Let's one. not get too far ahead of ourselves here. 
But uh, well, do you want to tell me why you would include this within the folder of potentially guilty pleasure, or, or should I just listen? Well, isn't it a little weird to? Well, let's listen to the tune, and then we'll. Uh, Other than we'll, the band title, <laughs> we're gonna put a pin in that. Let's uh, let's listen to the tune. So the band is Slap Happy. The song is called Casablanca Moon. Mm. categorize this in a, in a in the folder of potentially guilty pleasures but yes judge luckily for you mm-hmm. i am pretentious in all the ways i think you might need to be to really <sighs> love this song fully uh, so i'm right there with you I, I think that's great i really like that tune i think the reason you put it in that category is because it's like a it's a story song which always um you know, it could go off the rails or whatever, <laughs> but um, I think it's done well. I think that arrangement is fantastic. I love that intro. I love the bass. I love the drums. Uh, and I really like her voice. I mean, it is, it's a bit... Um, People have compared it to Yoko Ono. <laughs> I don't know about that. I mean, I, I, it's a bit twee. You know, it's shrill. I would say <laughs> it's a little twi- It's a little twee. It's, it's it's sharp, uh, and also that combined with like the story song lyrics, like I could yeah. see why you would maybe feel you'd want to show this to the right person. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I but I dig it. I I, I like the song. Uh, I want to hear it again. You know, like I am gonna listen to it again. There's like a um, s- something spooky about it. In, but in like a fun way and in maybe kind of a lame way, but like, that's, that's, I, I get that, you know, that's me. Like I, I, I like those things. So I know why you were thinking it was maybe a guilty pleasure, but, uh, I probably f- would feel the same way about it if I had known about it years ago. Not guilty, your honor. Not, not guilty for me. Not guilty for me, no. All right. Is that how the law works? It's yeah, that's how the law works. Subjective. It's the judge. So, yeah, well, maybe it seems yeah. like that these days, but yes. Oh, yo. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, I love these lyrics so much. I don't know why, but it's just like, oh, like if I ever wrote anything like this, I would have such an ego for the rest of my life. Like, mm. gotta circle back here. He used to wear fedoras, but now he sports a fez. There's cabalistic innuendos in everything he says, sucking on a cigarette, picking up the, the threads underneath the Casablanca moon. And I think when you go for it with lyrics, like yeah. that's, you can run the risk of sounding pretentious or whatever, you know, like when, when you really swing big. And I think that's sometimes why people sort of hedge their bets and they do that whole like um, nonsensical thing or, or, or they don't make it personal or whatever. But uh, this is a story song. And I think that's about as hard as you can swing and potentially hitting it into a pretentious direction. Uh, but I, it, it, it's, I think it's done tastefully. And I think, like I said before about lyrics, like the arrangement is awesome. The, the, the playing is awesome. There's a great, it's great production. So I think you can get away with it. I think if the song was like, if the arrangement was whack or, because it is, it is melodramatic, you know, the lyrics are melodramatic and the arrangement is somewhat melodramatic, but I think that it works. Uh, one of the uh, gentlemen who has 50% of the songwriting credit here uh, went on to uh, provide lyrics for Pink Floyd's uh, Momentary Lapse of Reason and I think oh. the Division Bell as well, Anthony Moore. Oh, that's very interesting. Um, yeah, mo Momentary Lapse of Reason and Division Bell, yep. Yeah. So this is his uh, humble beginnings here. So I guess it wouldn't surprise you at all to know that the group started with a bunch of like artsy avant-garde classical music folks who are like, fine, we'll do pop, make yeah. some money. We'll do, we'll do your little pop thing. We don't know what we're doing, but who cares? Yeah. Pop's easy. That, that was uh, the vibe I was getting by reading the bio. Great pressure, great pressure out these, these folks. Uh, yesterday evening, he finally lost his mind. The walls fell in. He saw mankind standing before him, all raising their hands in a significant gesture, which he didn't understand. His cover was broken somewhere in Hoboken. So maybe you saw him. Maybe I did. The man said his case was lost. He was sent to the Orient. We don't call it that anymore. A double agent, double crossed. It's just zinger after zinger. Mm -hmm. Like, just perfect. Yeah, and, and it, is, it is a bit precious, and it is a little pretentious, <laughs> and it's a little melodramatic, but... Uh, That's my shit. I, but I dig, I dig that. I, I think if it... It feels like this. The song is, and I don't know how else to describe this, but it feels substantial. Like the arrangement is substantial, the changes mm -hmm. are substantial, the playing is substantial. So it's like when you have all those things, you get a little slack with really going for it with the vocals. In the same way, you would get a little slack if you phoned in the vocals, you know, which they definitely didn't do. If anything, they overcooked them. But I, mm. it's, it's fine for me because I I love lyrics you can sink your teeth into, and. There's nothing wrong with a little melodrama if the music is great. Is it pretentious that in the middle of the song, you know, the first time she sings underneath the Casablanca moon, the second time it's underneath the Os Osnalbasic Noom because it's Casablanca moon backwards because they're spies or something? Yeah, that's pretty stupid. <laughs> but uh, I didn't catch that. So Oops. it's all good. I've already delivered my verdict. So unless someone uh -oh. uh, presents right, yeah, an I'm appeal. Not, I'm not under oath anymore. Right. Well, isn't that lovely? Uh, but uh, we got we got another tune coming up in a second here. Okay, I feel like this one is potentially more of a problem, just from the way you were huh? talking about it. I don't know. I think you might like it. I don't know. All right. So, Exhibit B, 
Okay, I'm looking at uh, I'm looking at quite a fella. <laughs> Do you know Mr. Dean Friedman? I don't, and by the expression on his face, I don't think he gives a shit. Hey, the man was only 22 when this photo was taken. He uh, looks like he's, he's 45. I know, right? Like, there's something about the 70s, like, 22-year-olds look like they're ready to teach uh, advanced geometry. <laughs> uh-huh. Um, so we're talking about Mr. Dean Friedman. Never heard of oh, him. I'm, I'm so excited. I've been waiting for a month to, uh, to share this with you here. Dean Friedman. Um, he is from New Jersey. Really? Parismus, to be specific, I, I believe. Paramus? Oh, God. Yeah, I'm, I'm not uh, from the New Jersey area. That wasn't obvious. Yeah, Paramus. He's Apologies. from Paramus, New Jersey. Apologies, Paramus listening. Um, he's still active today. Uh, he's oh. got his small little cult following, and he's, he's done a million things in his life. Like, the singer-songwriter thing was just in his 20s, and then, um, oh, my God. We'll, we'll have to get into it later. But um, this was the only song that really charted, so he's kind of considered a one-hit wonder in the U.S., although... Like I said, he still makes music. He's uh, toured in other countries and had singles chart elsewhere. Um, he's awesome. His big song was a song called Ariel. You'd never mm -hmm. heard of Ariel? No. All right. No. So this is from 1977. The song before, by the way, was 1973. So, yeah, we are, we're still living in the 70s here. But uh, um, what can I say? Okay. We're gonna I'm let's excited. just let's let's listen to some of Ariel, and uh, then we'll go on from there. This is another story song, Your Honor. Great, great. Well, you know I'm already a uh, biased judge. Way on the other side of the Hudson, deep in the bosom of suburbia. I've heard Sang mighty fine, tears on my pillow at Ave Maria. Standing by the waterfall at the Ramis Park, she was working for the friends of VAI. She was collecting the waters in a paper cup. She was looking for change, and so was I. She was a Jewish girl, I fell in love with her. She wrote her number on the back of my hand. I called her up, I was all out of breath I said, come hear me play in my rock and roll band I took a shower and I put on my best blue jeans I picked her up in my new VW van She wore a peasant blouse with nothing underneath I said hi, she said, yeah, I guess I am Definitely heard this before. I can't say where. Ow. We had a little time. Ow. We were real hungry. Ow. We went to like Dairy Queen for Ow. something to eat. Ow. She had some onion rings. Ow. She had a pickle. Ow. She forgot to tell me that she Ow. didn't eat me. I had a gig in the American Legion Hall. It was a Stop there for now. Uh, so you've heard the song before. I have. I don't know where. I feel like I heard it, like in a movie 
or something maybe like it it sounds like something was soundtracked by it uh that the chorus especially but the groove of the the verse i i've just definitely heard this whole thing you ever uh, seen i think you should leave the tim robinson show yes i have the music on there really reminds me of it the dum boom yeah dum, yeah 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 so it always like puts that. me in that space yeah wow um my feelings are. You ready are, to make a verdict yet? Oh well, I feel like I need to talk through it. I, I have yeah. complicated feelings about this. Um, it really reminds me of, you know, Andrew Gold. Oh, um, thank you for being a friend. Right, like yeah. that, and like, uh, oh, what a lonely boy, like that. Those tunes, like this, is very much in that realm of uh, of awesome. <laughs> I wasn't gonna say that. Uh, but I, I do, I can't say I don't like the song. Like it's enjoyable to listen to. It's enjoyable to listen to, but if, if it, like those Andrew Gold, Andrew Gold tunes, like mm-hmm. it, it is of its time is what I would say. Really catchy. There is there. I mean, there are things that would keep me from playing it at like a party <laughs> that I was hosting. Yeah, I'd feel pretty lame playing it at a I party don't know somehow. Why? I mean, there are other tunes like it that I would play like let's say uh, um 10 CC I'm not in love, you know? Like oh, a song. Yeah, yeah. There's just like some other element to a song like that. It's not wholly different from what's happening here, but there's something up there's just like some other layer to it. Let's examine the lyrics a little bit, though, here. what What's going on? This is such a, like, would you even say day in the life? This is just, like, all the little mundane details of, like, oh, I met her. Oh, I'm going to go play this show. She came. I made sure that I took a shower, and I'm wearing this, and she's wearing that. And uh, we went to go get food. And, like, you know what I mean? It's so mm-hmm. just, this is what's going on in my life. Um, with, a, you know, with some humor in there. Right. But it's, you know what I mean? It's oh, no, so, the lyrics aren't bad. Uh, I think they're great, but that might make me guilty, Your Honor. Uh, no, the lyrics aren't bad because, again, he's going for it. Like, I appreciate this more than some, like, navel-gazing, yeah. um, you know, obscured lyric that you might hear in, like, a modern indie rock song where, you know, they're sort of intentionally removing the ability to hear what they're saying because they know yeah, that they're not yeah. saying anything. Uh, this is but like the way he's saying, uh, she was a young girl. <laughs> right. Also the vocals are mixed loud as shit. Right. <laughs> I mean, it's a turn hey, down I wouldn't way. want it any other way. Yeah. I you can hear the story Hear Every part of that story. Um, yeah. I, you know, this is, this is a tough one. I, it's tough. I feel like it is a guilty pleasure because I just know myself that I, I I would, if I were to. You're still deliberating. If I were to put this on at a party, I would feel like I'd have to explain myself. Uh, And I, (laughs) and I don't know what, like, what is it that separates this from like, I'm not in love or something like that. Like some other. It's so personal. Like I gotta believe this is just, this happened. And he's like, that was fucking awesome. I'll write a song. Like, so does why, that make it okay? But why would that be though? bad? So, apparent songwriting supposed to be honest. It's not just the story though, but it's the, it's the music too. I mean, okay. that, that chorus is like, uh, hey, it's, o- hey. it's over the top. 
by the way, I don't know if you can hear it uh, since you're a musician, but especially if the listening audience isn't picking up, there's some like tape alteration, like with that's that's not just the raw sound of his voice. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that was hours in the studio, like adjusting tapes um, for it to hit notes like that, because it kind of, you know, it sounds altered, and it's that's even you're going to notice that even more when we. Uh, listen to the the rest of the song in a minute here i do want to play oh we're not bit, done yet a little bit more uh, we're not quite done i do want to play we got to play the climax okay so I'm how not, are you going to make your determination so i'm not going to make a determination what i will say yeah. is i think i've pinpointed the thing that is making me uncomfortable with it is <laughs> there's like a cutesiness to it yeah like well, he's only 22 man he probably wrote the song when he's 21 well, hey that's all right but we're listening to it now <laughs> yeah uh as near th- 30 or almost 30, like 50 years later. Right. All right, that's a fair point. All right, let me hear the end of this thing so I, I can right. make my decision. Yeah. So, you know, he's playing the show. The girl's there. He's he's going gaga. Okay. I'm going to skip ahead a little bit. I'm going to skip ahead about a minute. Um, and this is kind of the, you know, the last verse leading up into the last chorus here. You ready? Okay. Yes. I took her home with me We watched the TV on a cello and some guy going steady I started fooling around with the vertical hold we got the munchies and I made some spaghetti we sat and we talked into the night what channel 2 was signing off the air I found the softness of the mouth we made lots of bombs bursting in Oh, very nice. Very nice. I just showed Matt a, uh, a bottle of wine that uh, Hui Min had bought recently just because it's non-alcoholic. Just pure coincidence called Ariel. It's the name of the wine. All right. Yeah. All right. All right. I, think you got an, you, I think you got the idea. Yeah. Where I'm not, sh- I'm not your, sure that you honor. should have played me that ending because <laughs> it's sort of just uh, really cemented the uh, way yeah. I was leaning I mean, that thing about getting the munchies or whatever, like the the cutesy element to the song, I guess, maybe (laughs) it's it's too pungent for me to ignore. Pungent. I think, uh, I I don't dislike the song. I could see myself listening to it in the car. You're going to listen to it next time you're in the car. By myself. Over your face. By myself. Or maybe it's just me and my baby. With the windows rolled up. (laughs) It's me and my baby. She's not going to remember hearing it. Uh Uh, She's not making memories yet. So I I don't know. Uh, I think I have to give it a guilty verdict because of the. Ah! There's a a cuteness overload. What's my sentence? I don't know. You're just not allowed to play me this song again, I guess. Oh. Uh, the, the, The ending. Yeah, it just sort of takes it over the top. Um, it's the <laughs> what, combination. the bombs bursting into the air, and then well, he's like pitch shifting the about chorus the up even higher. Softness of her mouth, and they get the munchies, and his. Here's what happened. Doing that thing. This with is a his lovely voice. little. T- this is a lovely little Tinder date. Not that I would know about such things. As I'm happily married man, long term relationship. Uh-huh. But you meet up with a girl, you play a show. She likes your music. You go home. You're watching TV. You know, you're trying to make a move, and then she's like, "I'm fucking hungry. Can you make some food?" Mm-hmm. And you make a nice meal together after that, and then you know that's very gentlemanly. Sure, uh, does not take away the fact that this song gets very <laughs> cute towards the end. Yeah, it's, it's just like 
Twee. Yeah, it's twee. There's something that's like it's not hokey. I wouldn't I wouldn't completely call it that because it's a it's a great sense of melody and the arrangement's pretty tight. It's just it's a little cute. And I for that reason I, with a little cute. I would say that it's that it makes you feel kind of guilty. And I think that's what we're you know, the the guilty folder does not mean the bad song folder, you know? Uh-huh. It just means that okay, interesting yes, distinction. there for sure is a reason that you feel guilty about it. And you know yourself in your gut that you kind of should. <laughs> and I think with this song, you know you should kind of feel a little guilty. For Maybe. The last Maybe. one, last one I don't I wouldn't say that about. Okay. All right. So but that's yeah, that's we, my I, I went over the line here. You crossed the line. And that last shit. Th- I guess thank you for playing <laughs> me that last bit, because it was like, oh, okay, yeah, definitely, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Oh boy. Well, you know what? Though I ain't done nothing wrong, I feel guilty. That's Mariana Faithful. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, I'm glad you could settle this score for me. Thank you. Um, I'll know not to play the song at parties anymore. Yeah, well, you can if it's the right crowd, and as long as you're prepared to sort of answer for what you've done. (laughs) Um, So we, we did actually learn something today. Well, you know what? We sure did. I think you're a, a very judicious, fair, uh, and balanced judge. I think so. I think you, you hold the court. I think I do. If that's the expression. Yeah. I think we sort of learned what a, what a guilty pleasure is. I think we defined it as best we could. Bottled it. Bottled it. Packaged it. And you, Before uh, you even knew what you had. Yep. <laughs> you got to hear the breeders for, for the first time. So that, yeah. that's cool. Yeah, Kim Deal. Yeah, and I, I always knew she had some interesting solo stuff going on, but I'd never dug in deep enough, I guess. Great band. Great album. Well, hey, um, we're about to sign off here, but I wanted to just quickly mention, if you got a question for the podcast, for either one of us, you know, hey, maybe we'll do uh, an episode or at least a segment where we, uh, we answer your questions one of these days. If you want to uh, DM us on Instagram or Twitter, uh, we're losing my opinion on those platforms. Um, please go ahead. We'd love to hear from you. And, or, um, and if uh, you have an idea for a topic that we should cover, that'd be great too. That, that would, will be rejected by me, but uh, you can yeah, send it <laughs> in so those to Matt. Thomas can feel better than you and reject it. <laughs> no, I just I got too much other stuff I want to talk about. I got sure. a lot of other aerials sitting in the tank here. Oh, goodness. Uh, and I will shout out to the Story Song Podcast, um, another podcast out there, funny mm. uh cool group of folks that talked about the song Ariel and they opened with saying it is objectively not good. Whoa. Uh, so I got a little taste of my own medicine there. Cause I know I've been, um, you know, poo-pooing bands that uh, sometimes listeners have, you know, strong positive feelings for. Yeah. So and I know we, what it's like now. We don't want to do that. And, and we, I'm still going to do it. I, I, right. Uh, <laughs> we're still going to do it, but we don't want to do that. I know we've talked, we talked bad about ELP and, and kiss. And, uh, as we've said before, like if you're passionate about, any kind of music, any song, any artist, no matter what we think about it. Like, Godspeed. It's awesome. I have respect for anyone who loves music. That's, uh, that's, a, that's a fact. You can take that to the bank. Take it to the bank, yes. Um, so, yep, as I said, losing my opinion on Twitter and Instagram. And you can also uh, leave us a rating, write a review on your podcast platform of choice. I mean, if nothing else, make sure to subscribe. Mm. Uh, and, uh, you know what, Matt, you could be wrong now. I could be wrong now. True.
but I don't think so. Mm, that was rejuvenated. There was a rejuvenated one. I felt like you, you were riding the wave on that. Hey, I've had a month to practice. You, you did. And I will say, with my COVID-free voice, so long, suckers. Yeah.